Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to the latest Leeds Book Club podcast. Um, it's been a very long time, but we are delighted to ba- bring back one of the original three LBC members. Hi, Jess. Hi. Um, today, we are going to be looking forward to mm. 2016 and anticipating yes. our reads going ahead. Um, at the beginning of the year, I got a tweet from Jess saying... Um, She'd found a reading challenge and she thought we should go for it. And as I've slightly organised my book clubs a little to be a bit more manageable this year, I thought, why not? And so you can find the original list on Modern Mrs. Darcy. It's 12 books, so roughly a book a month. Um, But we'll probably be reading books around those ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it'll get done when it gets done, I'm more thinking, rather than... um, Well, I'm probably going to do a book a month. I've done my first book in January, so... Yeah, and I'm I'm one book down, you know, as as well going forward, so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there are 12 categories, um, which I'll quickly read out, and then we can have a look at what books we're thinking about reading or which ones we've already read and, Mm -hmm. and so on. So the 12 categories are a book published this year, a book you can finish in a day... A book you've been meaning to read, a book recommended by a local librarian or bookseller, a book you should have read in school, a book chosen by your spouse, partner, sibling, child or BFF, a book published before you were born, a book that was banned at some point, a book that was previously abandoned, a book you own but have never read, a book that intimidates you and a book you've already read at least once. I think that's a very well-rounded list. To be it honest. covers a bloody gauntlet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I found this um, through um, Twitter. Um, one of the uh, people I follow, Lisa Jeskins, who's a fellow librarian whoop, and a lovely, whoop. lovely woman, um, tweeted it saying she was going to do it. And I haven't had time off with reading in such that I've had time off from almost being book elf leads in a way. The last two years I've I've qualified as a librarian I've been very busy and I kind of want something to get me back into reading for pleasure yeah. again and reading challenges I think are a great way of doing that so I was really happy to find this one well it's always great especially one like this because it covers so much scope mm. but it just allows you even more freedom to choose stuff mm. I mean we've both done um author and reading series you know like a book series challenges yeah. in the past and ultimately like it, you're existing within a world whereas yeah. this one I think because I feel the same way. I, I, I've, I've read a lot for book club and I enjoy a lot of it, but it's been ages since I've just picked books for myself yeah. and gone, you know what, I really want to read that one or I've intended reading that one for years and never gotten around to it. So I'm hoping this will be like a little nudge back into... For me as well, I think it's going to make me think about the not the quality because I hate the idea of there being a quality in fiction, but it's going to make me think about a lot more about reading classic authors, reading more mm. diversely in my reading. Mm. Um reading a lot of people who maybe books I've I've neglected because I've I've kind of considered them too taxing for my brain over the last couple of years. So try and get back into literary fiction as well. Yeah. I mean I'm 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 I agree with you. I'm loath I I I very I find it very difficult to have a conversation with somebody about the quality of books without mm. ultimately ending up feeling like a bit of a snob. Yes. Um I, I don't really see a difference between literary and popular fiction because if I can read it and enjoy it then mm. It's a great book. Mm. I liked it. Good. Yay. Um, you know, so I, I don't really qualify books in that way. But I've noticed that, for example, I'm a huge science fiction fan. Mm. But unless a science fiction book comes out of the book club choice, I'm not reading my preferred genre yep. at all. Um, as a child, I grew up reading the classics because I, I, I'm a library brat. You know, mm. it was I couldn't necessarily <laughs> afford to go out and buy all of the Enid Blyton's or Roald Dahl's. And when you're in the library, it's very natural to just continue working your way down yeah. through the well, relevant it's like, age you know, groups. That she started at A, it happened to be Jade Austen. Yeah, you know, so I was reading Austens and Brontes and, and mm. what are considered to be classics mm. now. At a, at a, and at the same time I was reading The so Secret really, Garden you should, you should use this opportunity to read what trash Steve <laughs> well but then uh, you know isn't, isn't it about reading what you enjoy yes um, but there's there's been I feel like I've been quite restricted in, in my options mm. you know just in terms of my reading and I've forgotten 
about reading not to discuss a book yes about reading yes. Like, i'll probably do a little review for yeah, all yeah. of the books that like i read that but it, well. it would be nice to just sort of go that character was a bit sexist i don't care i like that character <laughs> and not book. yeah you know and, and not have to have a bit of a right how can i justify liking this or what did i think of that subplot to just allow to you again. yeah w- wash over me yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm already a book down, which is awesome. Because you, what have you started with? Well, the the first one I did was the second category, which mm. was a book you can finish in a day. Mm. I think I love the way that's phrased. It's a book you can finish in a day. You probably shouldn't read it in a day. It's one mm. of those books that I've so enjoyed, and I'm going to dip in and out of it. It's um, Catching the Big Fish by David Lynch. Yes. Um, so David Lynch is a very famous film director. He's also a musician, a writer. Um, you know, Twin Peaks is coming back, so I think he's been in the we news an Twin awful Peaks, lot. Massive Twin Peaks. Um, but as part of my, you know, New Year thing, I, I've been getting into meditation a little bit. Um, I was introduced by a friend of mine, and he was very into transcendental meditation, which David Lynch wants to make available in schools across mm. America, because he thinks that if kids grow up with meditation as part of their daily cycle, they'll grow up as stronger better people in the world and I've certainly found that I do find it calming and that's not a word I tend to use about (laughs) myself very often um so when I found out that he'd actually written a book going into catching the big it's called catching the big fish it's all about meditation but it's not really about meditation it's about the idea of idea of ideas what Mm. is an idea and he sees our consciousness as a sea yeah. And if you go shallowly into your consciousness, you will grasp little fish and you'll get little ideas. But the more that you delve into your own subconscious, the more that you look for them, the bigger the fish, the bigger mm. the idea. Yes, that makes and sense. And as a filmmaker, as an author, that's how he gets his ideas. And he says that little, little fish, they can start off little and become large, you know, and, and so on. But it's, um, I've so enjoyed it. The chapters are short to the point mm. of being like a paragraph in a lot of cases. Um but it's one you can read in a day. But you'll go back, I, I, I think I'll go back to it. He's not telling me anything new, but the way he's telling me it is making me think about it differently. So I, I'm really enjoying it. Is it the sort it. of book that you could keep in your bathroom? Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, it's either going to be one of those books that you thumb through a million times across a year and don't even think about, or it's one of those books that you put on a shelf and it gets dusty. Yeah. I've yet to, <laughs> yeah. well, I've yet to decide. Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds nice. It sounds like it's working for you as well. Well, yeah, and it, so it, it, it did tie in with, you know, with what I'm doing. It's reminded me of a few old interests, like I'm, I'm a Reiki practitioner, but I haven't actually done anything like oh, I that love Reiki. For that was lovely. Years. That's how we kind of became friends. Yeah, actually, you doing Reiki on me. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, and it's something that was incredibly important to me, and it never became less important. I just got busier at other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the way everything happens, you know. So, so for me, if if like reading this book, if all that it's done is made me go, hey, I like that. I mm. want to do that again. I for me, then like good book. Yes. Pat it on Excellent. the head. And, well and, done. Yeah. What about you? You've said um, you're also booked down. I've done... Well, let me, I'm just turning the computer so I can see. I've done um, a book you've been meaning to read, which is a third category. We're not doing them in order by month or anything yeah. like that because the first one is a book published this year and don't read books that are published in January. January. <laughs> <laughs> September is Oscar season for books, you know, so we'll wait till the end for that one. But yeah, so um, I've uh, done a book you've been meaning to read, the third one, and I've done Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. Yay! Uh, which made me very happy. We we went to see Margaret Atwood um, speak at the Ilke Literature Festival last year. Last year. And she was extraordinary. And she We have been so, such a fan of hers. She's so clever and articulate and witty and funny and kind and like her eyes just sparkle. She's a wonderful woman. Canadian writer, very, very famous uh, for writing um Fiction, speculative fiction, poetry, well, all sorts of fiction. journalism. Some of her fiction is She's more speculative. Essayist. Some essays. Some of her fiction is fantasy. This is historical fiction. Um, it's based in Canada and it, around, I believe, Toronto, um, in the middle of the nineteenth century. And it's the story of a woman called Grace who comes to Canada as. Um, an immigrant from Ireland and um, is accused and found guilty of the murder or the um, attempted murder of two people um, alongside another man who is also an Irish immigrant 
and he is hung and she is jailed for life. And the book starts off with her in jail. Um, she's halfway through a sentence. What? Well, well, we and um, she meets this doctor who half the story is told from his opinion, half the story from hers. And this doctor is interested in madness because Grace has also been previously in a lunatic asylum, and um, he is interested in the way the mind works. And he's got all these fanciful ideas. And you, you've got to remember that that it's set you know 80 years before freud so when psychology and the way the mind works was in a very very infant state mm-hmm. the science behind that and i think she conveys that so ignorance well. so well mm-hmm. because he says things and he thinks things that you know in your head now with hindsight are probably nonsensical and i don't know much about psychology but i feel that I knew enough to appreciate just how much this science was in its infancy when she tries to How far we've it. come as well in the oh, way definitely. that we regard... Well, anyway. Grace as a character is just wonderful. You love her. I mean, she's a very unreliable narrator. You have no idea if she's telling the truth or not throughout it. Again, Atwood does this so well, this idea of just sustaining... I, I, I watched The Hateful Eight um, whilst... I was reading the book, not not like during I was mm. reading. And you, you can't watch Tarantino and read Atwood. If you can do that successfully, you're some sort of like, please get genius. in touch with us. We have many many experiments we'd like to run on you. <laughs> doing that, but yeah. Um, but I watched The Hateful Eight and loved it, and I found the way that Tarantino directs his film. I found that within Atwood's writing, mm. this this suspense that she draws out, and she creates this world in which there is no trust and there is. Um, but you as a reader are still loving the characters even though you don't trust them you don't know what the hell's going on it's beautiful it's a it's a book that I wish I'd read before but I'm very glad I read now Mm. Um, I and 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 it's also made me really just want to reread everything she's ever ever read up up until I read the Penelopead, um, Mm. which was the first of her Canongate series more of a novella than a novel alias grace was by far my favorite Margaret Mm. Atwood just because I thought the nuance that you've described but also the, the you know they don't go terribly into all of the characters backstories and motivations and stuff but there's enough hints to them that everybody feels like really rounded characters mm, very um, much so. and you don't you feel challenged by the unreliable narration rather than frustrated yeah. by it you know it's and, and a it's lot en- of it's enjoyable yeah to read. Like you feel like you're thing. figuring it out and yeah. the trick is to try and figure it out before she actually tells you because she might not tell you yeah. Um, yeah. and and that's one of the things that i just adore about um margaret she has a gift for clarity mm. um but but it's, it's still remaining a beautiful expression you know and i think i think that's um I think she's just phenomenal, and I've been dying for you to read that book for years. No, it's so. been, it's it, it's it's it was definitely a good one to start with. I, I think it it really did wake my brain up um, a lot reading it, um, made me think, and and that's never a bad thing. Mm. Um, but I'm also now on my second book, so shall I? Yeah, yeah. Um, the one I'm reading at the moment, I'm I'm skipping ahead because it's still January, but I thought I'll get on with it. Yeah. Um, is the one that was banned at some point, uh, which is category number eight. <laughs> um. And the reason I'm doing this is because originally I was going to do the book that you should have read in school, and I was going to do, um, oh gosh, Maya Angelou's. Uh, I know. I know what Hitchfield sings because I read a section of that in school, but mm. then um, we didn't do the whole book. Yeah. And I, I, you know, when you think that you've read a book. Yeah. And you're, you're convinced. And you think you've read a book, and you've recommended this book to several people, and then suddenly gone. Wait, who? Wait, I haven't read that book at all. Because, yes. So I, I thought, right, I'll read that. I'll do that one for this one. And then I went down to my library to get it off the shelf because I work in a, in a university library, so I've got access to quite a lot of books. So I went downstairs to get it. And further on the shelf was Toni Morrison. And um, I thought, you know what? I haven't read one of her books in years. And I was just going to read it as a, mm. as a book. But then um, I've got a book and called 100 Banned Books. And I'm going to recommend that people buy this actually as a book itself. It's um, by Nicholas Carolides, K-A-R-O-L-I-D-E-S, and some other people. And it's 100 Band Books, Censorship Histories of World Literature, and it's brilliant. It introduces books from a variety of genres and a variety of times that have been banned for various reasons. It explains the reasons they've been banned. Some of them have been banned in schools, uh, in whole countries, just in states, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Mostly in America, but they do include some things across the world. 
and it's brilliant and i and one of these is tony morrison's bluest eye so at the moment i'm reading that and i'm 50 pages in so you can't tell me anything about yeah. it yeah but it's her first book um i've read that one from 1970 and so far I'm, I'm finding it quite depressing but but very very good no you shock me <laughs> yeah, so that's what i'm doing at the moment what are you going to do next well the next one is a book recommended to me by a local librarian hey. a bookseller which might be the person that, that might sat be opposite. me <laughs> that might be me would you like me to recommend you a book please? um well i think i've actually blogged about this before in relation to the book of human skin Jess has like a gift when it comes to recommending me books. Yes, she doesn't tend to do it that often because, well, we have reading lists and we both respect. Yeah, you know that adding to it is a also a I'll never get them back. Cruel, cruel thing. Neither will she. We 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 have swaps <laughs> like every five years where yeah. we gather up ninety books and relocate them. But yeah, um, every time you recommended me a book, in 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 the main, I've absolutely been absorbed by the world, and this looks to be no exception. Mm. It's called Nunslinger by Stark Holborn, and the blurb goes as follows: The year is eighteen sixty four. Sister Thomas Josephine, an innocent. Vicentian nun from St. Louis, Missouri, is making her way west to the promise of a new life in Sacramento, California. When an attack on a wa her wagon train leaves her stranded in Wyoming, Thomas Josephine finds her faith tested and her heart torn between Lieutenant Theodore F. Carthy, man too beautiful be to be true, and the mysterious grifter Abraham C. Muir. Okay, first of all, she's a nun. Why is her heart being torn by anybody? Oh my Just God. Falsely accused of murder, she goes on the run, all the while being hunted by a man who has become dangerously obsessed with her. Her journey will take her from the most forbidding mountain peaks to the hottest, most hostile desert on earth, from Nevada to Mexico to Texas, and her faith will be tested in ways she could never imagine. This is a true tale of Sister jo Thomas <laughs> Josephine, a woman whose desire to do good in the world leads her on an incredible adventure that pits her faith, her feelings, and her very life against inhospitable elements the armies of the north and south and the most dangerous creature of all man <laughs> well you know what <laughs> i spent 12 years being educated by nuns <laughs> that's why i chose it for you none of whom as far as i'm it's aware the best <laughs> one in the world. this is a this is a book. This is a book that has come out of a conversation in the pub where somebody said nunslinger and somebody went that's a good title for a book like this is amazing. I got. I'm this. assuming this is not actually based on a true story. No, this is based on a true story the same way the Cohen movies are based on true stories. So totally you and know, utterly factual. totally and utterly true. In order for, in respect of the survivors, <laughs> the nun, the Vatican won't mention. But everything else has been told exactly as it is. Um, this is brilliant. I love this book. It's hilariously funny. It goes all over the place. You have to. It's the sort of book you have to read at fifty miles an hour because it's just. The, the action is so fast-paced. I'm very interested to see what you think of it. I'm really looking forward to it now, but I'll probably kill you. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You have to choose one for me, though. This um, is true. Oh, yeah. Revenge is a thing of sweetness. I might read it before I choose one for you, just because I should put a bit more thought into it than just looking at my shelves right now and going, oh, yeah, you're probably like that. <laughs> I need to ask a local librarian for mine. Um, um, I, I might ask the lady who sits next to me at work. She is probably my lo most. When I say local librarian, though, should it be somebody in Leeds or somebody at work? Because I I have librarians everywhere in my life. They're like, you know, of fields. And I could be mistaken here, and perhaps modern Mrs. Darcy will get in touch with us to clarify. But I'm pretty sure the important word there is librarian. Yes. Like, if you're in a remote Alaskan village somewhere and your library is a, a van that arrives every six months, ask that person. <laughs> Don't worry that they live too far away. <laughs> you know what? You should use your libraries because, geez, they, they really oh, need your help. Attack. Um, if you haven't seen it already, um, Silip, the Chartered Institute for Librarians and Information Professionals, have got a... Um, a, uh, a oh thing that you sign and petition the petition thank you they've got a petition together to um halt the epic closures of local libraries that is robbing our country of any chance of being information literate in the future yeah i said it um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you if you if you, if you see it on Facebook or Twitter or ever, just do me a favour and just sign it. Um, 
Yes, I, I one of my favourite things about being a librarian is is, is blatantly the um, opportunity to lend people books because um, we're not allowed to say it, but we all got into this job because we love books. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody think, goes, um, oh no, because I, I want to. I've help got to break it to you, to... Jess. I I don't think that's the industry-wide secret <laughs> that maybe you think. I think You've most not been to people any of our know that about. I'm not talking about librarians who are a breed apart. I'm talking about people. People know that you're all in it because you. Love books. Yeah, <laughs> we get to touch them all the time. It's great. Anyway, so what's what's wrong. what's our next our, our next thingy then? Our next our next. Well, um, a cat- I was I've been thinking about that. One of the categories, I think it's um category eleven, is a mm. book that intimidates you. Mm. And I'm shit at stuff like this because I'm an incredibly eclectic reader. Yeah. So I are. tend to think I could probably read that. Yeah. Um. So I tend not to have stuff where I'm like, oh gosh, no, that that puts me off. Um. But then I've just spotted. Um. Oh God. I've just spotted a book on I'm, one of my shelves. I'm sorry, Neve's got the book in her hand, and I've and I've seen it, and I'm thinking that's a good possible that's choice a good for this. Possible choice for this, yes. So it's Fiona Shaw. Yes. And this one's called A Stone's Throw and I've picked it up and it, it fits quite a few of the categories actually. It's been sat on my shelf for months. It's a book that I've intended reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think I find... I, I've seen her speak. She's wonderful. As much as I'm not... As much as I, I, I work very hard at not being a book snob, mm. um, I think I possibly am a little intimidated. But in the same way that I've embraced Margaret Atwood for being a more intelligent author than yeah. I am intelligent reader, yeah. I should embrace Fiona Shaw for the same reason. But I do feel like... She writes smarter than me. Have you read read anything else by her? No, no, I, I've been. I think I think she's genuinely oh, one of these find... ones I'm I'm intimidated by. Um, just read the blurb. The other books find... that she's read is the sweetest thing, the picture she took, and tell it to the bees. Tell it to the bees. That's the one I've read. I've read the Stones Way as well. Um, I think I got that one to review, and then um, I uh, got a tell it to the bees because I saw her at Morley Literature Festival. That was it. Um, but I didn't get this one from you because the no, spine is not broken or anything. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, well, you've read it. Yeah. So obviously yeah. I picked this one up independently. The blurb on the back is, What if following your heart takes you somewhere you cannot bear to go? You must choose how to live your life. And as you are my son, William, I tell you that you and you alone must do the choosing. Like everyone, Meg has made choices over the course of her life, most of which she's proud of. But that doesn't mean she's without regrets, nor haunted by questions of what might have been. What if her older brother hadn't gone missing when she was just a child? What if she'd married for love, not duty? What if she told her son why it matters that he, unlike her, listens to his heart? Set in England and Africa and opening during World War II, A Stone's Throw is all about family, love, duty. It's about the people we miss and the secrets we keep. Above all, it's about the choices we make and those we don't. And then really irritatingly, mm. it has a lead title section on the back cover, which says, will appear, uh, appeal to readers of The Outcast or Brooklyn. Shaw's fans include Emma Donoghue and Jackie Kay. Perfect for reading groups. Mm. I feel like I should tell Serpent's Tale or Serpent's Tale yeah. that I don't really care about any of that. Um, I, I, do I have read both The Outcast and Brooklyn and I enjoyed one of them and didn't enjoy the other so you've alienated me with your two choices there. Emma Donoghue, that's The Room. Mm-hmm. Jackie Kay? Oh, I know the name but not the face. Well, two people I don't know like this book. That's awesome. I can't imagine more than <laughs> I find do. I find the way people um, try and get book bloggers to read their books. Sometimes I love it odd. and sometimes I find it hilarious. My favourite one I've ever got was the one that included... Um, a little tiny red Japan, uh, Chinese fan. For fanning but yourself was, while reading? No, it wasn't red. It was yellow and it was for um, Life of Banana by P.P. Somebody or other. Something or other. Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at this. That's that's, an, uh, that's unusual. Yeah. See, I like it. Some, I mean, you know, Fried Green Tomatoes has all of Sipsy's recipes on the end and I think that's brilliant. I've cooked most of them and I do not cook ever that's purely for love of the book but i i think you blog i actually think you blogged about this a few years ago where it was like um if you've enjoyed this you know like you know those lists are uh, here oh, yeah, completely you irrelevant you know and i remember I you were, you were kind of like, i hate stickers on books because it's just more stuff for me to peel off 
<laughs> well, I hate stickers on books because I go through an existential crisis every time of going, will this be the sticker that tears the cover? Yes. yes. I hate it's that. It's the one where you're not sure if it's a sticker or if it's actually a bit of the cover. So you tear it and then you tear the cover and then that's your book. Or you pick even at it and half of it comes off and half of it leaves like that gummy white even trail. Even though it is a book and it's there to be enjoyed. <laughs> you are ruining, you're ruining my enjoyment book. of this. The book I have chosen, um, I think you'll enjoy that. I'd, again, be interested mm. to see um, what you thought of it. Um, Everyone I know loves her, which is probably another reason I've been a bit intimidated. I, I, I found her books very, um, not as easy to read as you think they would, given the size of them. Well, the, the blurb sounds very, no, the, the, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be a lot more you know, philosophical and yes. psychological, because that's what I've it's, heard about. Uh, it. If you've ever read Sally Vickers, I would, I would, yeah, no, again, another one you haven't read. But if, you, if, if anybody on the tape has read Sally Vickers and enjoyed, I think they will enjoy this one. Right, the one I've gone um, that I am intimidated by, I'm going to probably, I haven't completely decided yet because it does You're intimidate me. You're going for a tome. Me. It does intimidate me more than words is War and Peace because it's War and Peace <laughs> and you've read War and Peace and I've read our War other and Peace. like original member of LBC has also read War and Peace and I'm sure she wouldn't mind us saying because she's not going to hear this in the bath. Yeah. Um, that which was I her think bath is a brilliant Over, idea. Like, eight months. Like a long, like imagine like a year's worth of baths. And you read War and Peace and all of them from beginning yeah. to end. That's a good lot of, of, of reading. I, I was very proud of her for that, to be honest. I thought it was a good idea. I actually, I was, I was really, this is... No, but it is, it's you War know, and Peace. You know you're about to say is. something. I mean, you know when you see like a blockbuster book and yeah. it's like a thousand pages and you think, oh gosh. I actually think but it's this a tremendous is, this is about commitment. three inches thick. But this is a tremendous commitment mm. of bath time, too. Mm. You know, mm. I'm like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. And she didn't even break it up with a really quick sojourn, like go sideways move into Pride and Prejudice. As nope. like, you have to nope. do because you have to read Pride and Prejudice in the bath at least once a year. You what? just have to read Pride and Prejudice at least once a year. The yeah. location of it is yeah. irrelevant to um, there. Um, but no, I'm reading Warden Peace because I have watched the first two episodes of the BBC drama, as a lot of people have. Um, and I'm enjoying it immensely and I don't know what the hell's going on I don't even know if it's a good adaptation because I've not read the book and I want to be one of those people who can recognise a good adaptation of something because they've read the book because I can do that with most of their adaptations all the Austins and the Brontes I can say well that's a good Jane Eyre or that's a good Persuasion or whatever because I know the book Forest Charlotte Gainsbury's Toby Stevens yes very much agree with you that and also the Persuasion one is the one with um, Kieran Kieran no yes Kieran something. Kieran Kynes. Hines. As went with, and that's yeah. brilliant. Very, very, I watched that over Christmas actually when I was horribly sick and it, and it got me through. So mm -hmm. I was pleased with that. And I mean, the North and South, Elizabeth Gaskell. Yes, oh, sorry. I, 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 I'm, you know what? I'm just going to say, you are somebody who can tell if yes. it's a good adaptation. Tell, you I just need to have things. read the book and you happen to have not read this book. But it's also, it's, it's an, I mean, it's one of the great epics for a reason and mm. it's, very it's very of its thick. It's three inches thick. And I'm, it's one of those books where I'm very tempted to have it on Kindle, but then I'll have to read it on the way into work. Can I say the thing I'm not supposed to say? Yeah. For me though, I found it very like Gone with the Wind. Oh, I love Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, Gone I, with the Wind, by the way, is the best book to read over Christmas ever. Well, it's certainly going to be better than A Brief History of Seven Killings, which is not brief, not historical, and features far more than seven killings. <laughs> Sorry, it's a great book and everybody probably should read it. It's a really worthy read, but I have to admit, I struggle. Bit of a bit of a toe. But then you know what? Um, I'm not I'm not put off Marlon James as an author at all because I really struggled during Wolf Hall. But mm. then I flew through Bring Up the Bodies. Mm. Um, you know, I and I would say. I was I was dreading actually I was dreading Bring Up the Bodies. I read that because it was like I kind of have to. Mm. Um, oh, and then I, I love loved it. I love absolutely loved it. So I'm I I think with Marlon James, he's going to be one of those authors that sometimes it works really well because I love his writing. I've I read just, a oof. conversation with him and Jeanette Winterson. Is that am I saying her right name properly? I think you're saying her name. Yes. So. Um, uh, uh, in The Guardian, it was a conversation between the two of them and I found him a very, very interesting person. And I, He's also did an excellent show on Radio 6, on, on 6 Music, um, uh, about... You're not so diverse in your interests. I really am. Look at me and my diverse <laughs> interests. Right, book that was published before you were born because I've kind of chosen... Well, I've not kind of chosen my... I've chosen the author, but not the book. Um, I want to read another Angela Carter. Oh, excellent. Yes. I think I've got a few. Well, um, hi, at uh, Laney Bop. You will get that copy of <laughs> Angela Carter back after Jess has read it. I have got quite a lot of them. I, one of, another good thing about 
working in libraries that they never tell you is is, is weeding. Um, it's called collection development, and it's when you develop your collection by going nah. <laughs> It's weird because in other in other work situations that's it's like, called imagine, theft. It's not theft. Imagine taking, weeding. It's a thing. It's weeding. It's thing. Um, so yeah, I, it's like when you're cooking and there's a difference between testing and sampling. You test and go, oh yeah, that's really good. And if you have another spoon, you're officially sampling. <laughs> yeah. I have to be in in current in my in reading. Mm. Um, so I've read Night at the Circus, and I've read her book of fairy tales. Mm. And oh, well, I've, I've read got the my... Magic Toy Shop. So which one? I don't know. I would like somebody to recommend me, please, another Angela Carter. It must have been published before 1985. Um, <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and it must be good. Yeah. So, and, and not too weird. Well, I'm sorted for this category because mm. with LBC Three Reads, we've, um, it, we only meet every three months and we tend to read a lot of, like, the great American fiction. Mm. By pure coincidence, we've alternated, so all our authors happen to ha be completely equal in terms of being male or female. Mm. We will go with an interest. So, we, we, you know, we've read Gunther Grass, who's a German author. We're not absolutely tied to our categories. But our next read for that is All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yes, my, which um, we're, we're my reading, uncle's favourite book. Well, we're reading yes. that partly because... This is one of the centenary years. We've yeah. got four centenary years for the Great War. Um, and, and, you know, th this is one of them. We wanted to be mindful of, you know, the the sacrifices that were made, mm. I suppose, by I generations. generations I've, never gone it, by. I've never read it myself. I, I probably will. Which sounds really like, that sounds really plummy, a uh, uh, really odd reason to do something. But oh, I think, I think we, it's, a it's just a little, it. a little homage, a little tribute that we can that we can pay. So that's that's going to be my, my one um, that was published before I was born it bloody well better have been <clears throat> yes yes uh, I haven't yes. actually checked yes it because was, yes, I was looking at this and I was like yes. this is a category I don't feel terribly comfortable with on the day Buffy know... turns 35 <laughs> you know <laughs> it's fine it's fine oh Buffy we've gotten older. I, I was convinced that Buffy was way older than that oh shut up but you know how when you're younger like a year is a long time mm. like Buffy was came on tv when I was in my early teens and she was yeah. Well, I'd, be, I'd have been 12 so yeah. she was a lot older than me because she was in secondary school and she was in college and yeah. la 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 but yeah Giles as a librarian <laughs> <laughs> he gets points for that um, right um, book uh, you had to read in school or should have read in school I've already well, mentioned mine are you is this is this something that like a, school, a, a set book or well, is this just a book that like you should have read at that age yeah well but... I was thinking of this as an interpretation because the, the, the actual phrase is a book you should have read in school so I don't know if this is a book that you should have read in school because you were studying it for exam but you didn't mm. in which case like what, it was probably... one of the four options but and you that doesn't apply for me because I read all the books yeah so did I I was originally <laughs> thinking of doing um, Of Mice and Men even though I have read it before but because um, the other half of the year to me did it for their GCSE book, mm. my half of the year did Lord of the Flies, which was excellent. Oh, no, I loved it. Um, terrifying, but loved it, mm. loved it. So I was going to do that, but then I thought a book I should have read in school. Well, a book that I should have read in school, like when I think about that category, like I feel like everybody between the ages of like 14 and 16 should read Flowers in the Attic because we passed that book around like it was you know, porn. I had, I had the best um, conversation with my old dinner lady about Flowers in the Attic because I had it and she saw me reading it at lunchtime and was just like, oh, me and my brother used to read that under the quilts at night and they like looking at each other going, For anybody who's not aware, Flowers in the Attic is um, a book by Virginia Andrews. Um, it's about four siblings whose mother hides them in an attic in order to gain it's her horrible. inheritance. It's horrible. It heavily features incest as like the sole positive aspect of Which being incarcerated yeah, by one of your parents. Sadly, it probably would be the sole well, positive aspect. But it's just, it was, and, and it's it was horrible. so immersive. I mean, as I say, we passed this. Mm. And, and I, I remember mentioning it to one of my aunts and she was like, we did the same thing. And you'd read it and like, you'd read whatever chapter and you'd come into school the next day and whoever you lent it off, you'd be like, oh my God, I just like, hit this point. Like my, my school, that would be Judy Bloom. 
Yeah. Are you there, oh, God, God? It's me, Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we, we, I think when so I was about 11, and that one, I'm and thinking more, what books well. did I miss mm. that were like, because we've got this book club, um, um, LBC Puffins, which is all about adults reading children's books. Yeah. And in the beginning, like, I think the first book was Matilda by Roald Dahl, because it yeah. was just a book I'm like, everybody should read this book, whatever age you are, but it is a children's book, ostensibly. Um, and we, and what's, uh, has amazed me is that we all have different essential reads from our mm-hmm. youth there are mm-hmm. so many people that never overlapped in their reading choices so for some people practically every book bar the one that they've put in in a year is a new read for them whereas for others every book that has been pulled out in a year is a book that they read as a child so it just mm-hmm. totally depends so i'm trying to think of what ones did i miss but this wouldn't have been out when i was a kid it would i've just passed Sorry. neve another book that i was going to lend her um, she's now looking at the verso to see what the um, the original year of publication. First published nineteen sixty six. Yeah, right. I was not in school in the nineteen sixties. No, but Nina Borden, I read that when I was at Nina school. Nina Borden, I know I've I read. I loved one. her books. It wasn't the sort of book that I passed around, but it's the sort of book that it was on the library shelves. Mm. I remember Carrie's War, the book, the, the first book I read of hers, being on the library shelves, and every girl at some point in the year borrowed it. I mean, it wasn't the book that was discussed. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like Judy Bloom. It wasn't like Jean Owls. It wasn't like the Maeve Binchies, But they were read and they were it was sustained. it was almost like the Shelley school books. Yeah. Oh God, I loved the mm. Shelley. Well, I'm I was looking at that. And I was thinking actually the only essential read I have from that period of time is probably Anne Frank's Diary. That's a beautiful book. It's just, That's it's a, just yeah. amazing. It's a very, very sad and tragic life. It's um, a beautiful book. And it's the worst thing about that book I think for me is how talented a writer she would have grown up to be. I mean, I know this sounds really stupid, but you know when you're like, that was her first thing. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that bitch. Damn, she was jeez, you know. <laughs> it's just, um, and I have three versions of it because mm. I received in 1992. Um, I when I was 10 years old, I got Anne Frank's diary for Christmas, and it was the first version that was approved by her father. Mm. Then if I might have already been out, but that was the version I started with. And it's got my little torn cover and my sloppy handwriting with the name in it. And I'll treasure that copy forever. But I also have the two subsequent versions, which inc- increase the content because Anne wrote about being a teenage girl. And some of it was sexual and some of it her father was uncomfortable with. And some of it just wasn't socially appropriate for the time. So they've added to it hugely. Um, so if anybody else is doing this challenge and you've not read it, that's a really good pick for that one. But yeah, I've got The Witch's Daughter here, um, which I it is appropriate for that time. It looks like a book I would have read in school you had I come across it. It's about witches and orphans. And yeah, tinged with sadness. Nina Borden's amazing. Oh, Carrie's War. That's what I've read of hers. Yeah. yeah. And amazing. The Peppermint Pig, which I think was one of the Puffins books. So yeah. Yeah, I'm sorted for that one as well. Excellent. Um, if I was going to recommend one book for this challenge, though, um, to anybody who hasn't read it, I would recommend Anastasia Krupnik by Lois Lowry. <gasps> is that um, is that life according to? N- no, no, no. It, this is about a, a teenage girl in America who lives with a poet for a dad and an artist for a mum, and um, wears big round glasses. Yes, and it has is. Frizzy hair. This is turning into a TV a series brother. with Kelly. I've Martin. never seen the TV series. I never want to see the TV. Series. I grew up watching that. Show. Anastasia Krupnik. I wanted to be her when I was a kid I wanted to be her mum now I read the first book again and I thought if I'm ever a mother that's the mother I want to be I don't think I ever actually got over wanting to be Harriet the Spy (laughs) but yes if I was going to recommend one book that's what I do mine's going to be and for that one um as I've already mentioned it's going to be Maya Atwood's Maya Angelou's um I know why the cage bird sings. Mm. Um, what else have we got? A book, a book that you've already read at least once. Well, a book I could, you could finish in a day was the one that you said you'd already done. For me, um, and this is going to sound really wanky, I'm going to really, really strongly suggest people read the Quick Read series um, because um, it's a series that um, is done by the reading agency. It's a series of very short books that are written for uh, people who um, maybe have um, an, an English uh, reading level um, uh, that is probably in common parlance about the same as a 10 year old mm. um, but they're adult stories they have um, Anne Cleves has got one there's an Agatha Christie yeah. adaptation and uh, one I want to do I was thinking of doing which is I Am Malala 
Mm. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, and I apologise if I'm not, um, which is the story of the, the, the young girl who was shot and yeah. by the Taliban and now is, yeah. is in Birmingham campaign. Because I've got, I've got that, but I haven't read it education. yet. And, and, and you know, it's, it looks like a substantial book, but it also looks like one that's ripe to be turned into a quick read yeah. to make well, it accessible. Well, I was accessible. very, very, very happy when I saw that because when I worked at the college library, me and my boss were going to buy that when it came out in hardback, and then it spent a long time not coming out to paperback, and mm. this really is a bugbear of mine when books that people should be wanting to read and want to read are not available, are not available in paperback because yeah. libraries get hit by that but so I just, much. And I also just think that's not... I mean, the only people who benefit from it happening that way, I feel, are, are the publishers. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure that authors want to build on the momentum of a book being released and gaining a buzz yeah. and not go, and now we'll wait a year and yeah. do all of this again. Um, and readers, like, I, aside from the, the costs... There's space issues, mm-hmm. you know. There, I, I have a lot of well, reasons I mean, why I think having Kindle versions is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Having sample chapters available as ebooks and stuff are a great idea. But hey, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying books. there's no need for no. for a hardback. I'm just saying why why they can't be released simultaneously. I it, but I'm I might be reading that one for my year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I because one of the ones I was half thinking of recommending to you because I can't remember if you've said you've read it or not was the cho- one that you should have read. Um, at school mm. and that was Daddy Longlegs never read it no I Ooh. love it it's so sweet and it's so of a time and it's probably one that you would read in a day that's a good um, and it's it's about a I'm, I think it's probably the 1890s or something like that but it, it's it's early 20th century if it's the 20th century at mm. all but it's about a girl who is comes from a children's home and basically she writes a funny essay which gets held up in her local school and mm. on the basis of that she's too old to be adopted at 14 or, fi- or f- 15 I think mm. um, although the younger kids still have a chance so one of the trustees agrees to send her to school and his only condition is that she writes a letter to him every week to demonstrate that the education is going to good use mm-hmm. um, but po- possibly because of the privations she's experienced growing up she's a tremendous sense of humour and the only thing she knows about this trustee other than his name is the fact that when he was walking out the door, he threw up a shadow like a giant Daddy Longlegs. So she immediately starts writing these letters to Dear Daddy Longlegs. That's really cute. Um, it is of its time. I imagine... When was it published? Oh, God. We're talking a while back now. Jean Webster. I think I have it downstairs if you're interested. But it, it, And I think it's one of those ones that, like, like Labyrinth, if you look at it with a particular eye, you can find problematic a- aspects. But if you just read it to read a book of that time, it's beautiful it's short it's cute that's that's the one Jean Webster Michelle de Villiers no no different um and I think it's probably uh, on project Gutenberg I think it's probably of that age so it must be at least 75 no can't find it I'll find it here now my good reads um well what's the next chapter whilst you're finding that what's the next in the category sorry oh uh sorry apologies a book that was previously abandoned Oh, so many, <laughs> so many, so many. Last year was a bad year for me abandoning books. I abandoned The Goldfinch. I abandoned um, We Need New Names. 1912, sorry. I abandoned... Is that We Need New Names by... No, Violet. Bulawayo. Yes. That's a really good book. I read the first half. And I read it on my Kindle. <laughs> sorry, no, no, no judgment. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't abandon, I, abandon, I properly abandoned The Goldfinch. I find that so hard to read. Um, but I didn't abandon We Need No Names. I just I read half of it when I was away one weekend at a friend's wedding and my Kindle and I got home and I had a hardback book that mm. I was reading anyway and it was one of those where I'd only taken my Kindle because I was going away. So yeah. when yeah. I got home I carried on reading the book I was originally reading and I kind of just lost it's lost its way a bit and then I kind of wasn't bothered. So Yeah, it's tricky but I can't do the goldfinch. I can't it's it, I'm I'm on thirty five percent and I can't I just know himself has Moby Dick is his Moby Dick he just he gets to like 300 and something and it's like I'm done with this what book what else have I done I'm just looking at your shelves because we're in Neve's book room so I'm just looking at her shelves at the <coughs> sorry we're in one of my one book of her groups. many book rooms that's that's not like a, a braggy statement that means that I go without food and clothes you see I, 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 I did Anna Karenina I abandoned that but I can't do that and no warning. Yeah, there's a pick. There's a pick your poison here. That really um, is. Um, you have. I mean. Maybe the shadow of the wind. Did you not finish that? Oh, I hated that. I loved that. I know. I have no soul. 
No. That's... I will find one. I I have many books that I've abandoned over the over mm. the course of the last few years. I will find one and I will think on it. Um, you, you know when like you have a bad experience with a book. Mm. I had a I've there are two books that I have had really bad experiences with. The first was Lord of the Flies because we had a bold and experimental English teacher when I was quite young. Mm. She was awesome and I adore her to this day. But she thought Good. we could handle a couple of chapters of Lord of the Flies and she did not read them ahead of time because she was busy. Yeah. And it was the chapter where Piggy gets stoned. Oh god. Fucking hell. Jeez. Oh, swear. Sorry. 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 Um, I, I didn't bawl in class, but I bawled about it. Yeah. So then enough people like had a bad reaction to it that she got the American movie because she was like, right, if people see the story in its entirety, it won't be such a big deal. And, the, and we watched that and we were like, actually, that's not too bad. And somebody was like, is there a, another version more true to the book? And she was like, there's the original one from the 1960s. Mm. I I still like if I'm if I'm really run down or ill or sleep deprived I will have nightmares about <laughs> that book. I love Lord of the Flies. The other one that I had a bad reaction to was we need to talk about Kevin. And as we're like looking oh, at my shelves, you God. know, you're like that's the only I cover know. I can see. To the point where you can watch, what can read? We need to talk about Kevin. Oh, I read it. I just no, didn't. It's got to be a book that you've abandoned. Didn't rate, but yeah, but that's like the only book that my eye is drawn to. I tend not to abandon books. Yeah, you're very good. I'm. I'm, I'm not. I have idiot. found one. I'm just not gone on my Goodreads library, and I found the one I've, I've abandoned that I might. Thomas Cromwell, the untold story of Henry VIII's most faithful servant, a, bi- a biography. Just to put a, a biography in the mix. Because, I think that's a yeah. noble choice. Yeah, it's by Tracy Borman. I, again, I saw her speak at Ilka Literature Festival. Is good. It really is. I've seen some excellent speakers there. It's very expensive, but it's good. Um, Tracy Borman's written quite a few she's oh no that's not true i have abandoned a few <laughs> prepper books but this one um I don't think I've is 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 the story of thomas cromwell it was written just after wolf hall and bring up the body so it's obviously riding on their coattails slightly mm. um i i abandoned it because it includes a lot of primary sources and letters which i normally love but they're not translated from the original english and it's tra- it's translating i have a book that i didn't abandon as much as i didn't finish it mm. shantaram never heard of it Shan, something or other um, my mother had it on her shelf and I started reading it and it was really really good but then I flew back to the UK and I wasn't going to bring a book the size of a small house with me but that's that's probably the one that I'm going to dig out for this excellent another book I've abandoned that I've just seen on, on, on your shelf is Parade's End the um, oh, that's good. by Ford Maddox Ford I loved the TV adaptation uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch, um, I thought he was excellent. I thought everyone in it was excellent. I was really excited to read the book, and I got about a hundred and twenty pages in. I mean, the 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 one we both me and you have got is mm. the one with all three. I think it's three books in it in the same one, and I got yeah. about a hundred pages in and was just. I know my brain was coming out through my eyeballs. Mm. I had no moisture left in my body because I was just sweating so much with the effort of I've reading it. I've never managed to finish a Terry Pratchett either. But that's really? I find, I love the world that he creates. I can watch the TV series, that's not a problem. But his writing style just mm. can't. I don't. Terry Pratchett, yeah. I love him. I miss him. Well, that's it. So we have a few options there we have a for few. that. We have a few. What's next? Um... So a book published this year, we're going to wait. A book that yeah. you've been meaning to read. Well, most of this discussion has been around that. <laughs> but we should have read it. Book chosen by spouse, spouse, partner, sibling, child, as I guess we'll have to get others involved. My, my, my other half um, is wanting me to do a Chuck Lanyuk. I've read a fair few of his. Um, so we're going to try and figure out one that I've not read. Well, himself doesn't tend to make very many book recommendations to me. And it's kind of irritating that I've just seen this because we read Wool at Book Club last year, Hugh Howie. Mm. And that was my um, his recommendation to me. And now I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. He'll come up with I'm also good. very tempted to ask my sibling what, if she would recommend me a book. I'm guessing it'll be a, like the biography of some drummer from the 90s, but... That's a good one. My brother, he is, uh, he's like myself, a devourer of fiction. And yes, he has he a, a, a tiny person at the moment. Ex- your brother recommended me Game of Thrones. Yeah. He gave me the first copy of Game of Thrones, your brother. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, I've been recommending it to you for the last six months. He's no interest in it. Anyhow, um, a book that was banned at some point. I might have to borrow your book. You, you shall. And, I and shall borrow your well, book. you should read the book anyway because and it's good. Yeah, it's but I'm, I'm not, I, I, I mean, purely for the, oops, 
that would be my battery getting low on the but we're we're almost finished um so yeah i think i'll need to read the the like have a flick through anyway your banned books just mm-hmm. to get some inspiration because you know books that were banned like years and years ago and i'm like i didn't There's know it was so banned but i've already read it anastasia krupnik was banned so so many of them sorry were. which one was that anastasia krupnik the children's oh book. really yes. yes why Oh, it's the banned in random libraries for sexual content or swearing oh. or whatever. There's so many. You wouldn't more than you'd think. I mean, there's the classics like Baby Chatty's Lover and Chocolate Orange and all that other stuff. But some of the most random things: Judy Bloom. I my mind. Harry Potter. Boggle. Harry Potter's been banned. Yes, that that's for promoting that is the evils of paganism, which it does so successfully because I can do magic now. Mm. <laughs> through my reading yeah. my instruction book of Harry Potter um, yeah. and the last one I think was a book that I also own... like the subside of that which is that um, it's perfectly fine to promote other belief systems of course it is but paganism that would no, be that strange would be and wrong, wrong. Um, and I think there was one which is a book you own which you've been meaning to read for me that's most of my library mm. and probably the most of the other books yeah. I've read this year so what I might do is just at the end of the year decide which one of those I like the best yeah and well and the, and the reread one you know a book that you've already read I'm feeling the same way about it because I've been half tempted to reread The Man That Fell to Earth because it was I think it's by um oh god no the name escapes me but I, re- I read it when I when I was younger because I'm a big David Bowie fan and I was going to read that as like a little but then there's a part of me that's like let's see how I go and mm. something else Something might call might, out might like I tend out. to reread a few Agatha Christie's every year and you know well I don't know what I'm going to reread I was going to do Forever Amber because it's been a while um, but Forever Amber it's been like three uh, years it's been a whole three years a long time but Forever Amber is also about a thousand pages actually, long actually when was the last time you read The Clown of the Cave Bear oh very recently about really? two years ago yeah oh, wow. I, re- I read the first two um, it's because I got the f- second one back with my friend who borrowed it, oh, so it was right, like, oh, I yeah. can read, I can read them Because the, the, I read again. them like six years ago when we started, that was my first time. Um, loved them, loved them. Well, I feel like we've... I think we've covered all bases there. Yeah, we're... I hope we've inspired you to um, actually do this challenge. We've or do any piece. challenge. Yeah. If your goal is to read two books this year, I hope you get them read. And if your goal is to read 200 books this year, I kind of hate you. <laughs> But in a non-judgmental, just pure jealousy. Yes. Sort of way. Um, if you have any um, questions or recommendations yourself, do get in touch. You can contact us via Twitter. I am at Leeds Book Club. And I am at Book Health Leeds. You can also contact us via the comment section on the blog or if you see us walking down the street. Please I mean, don't, yeah, like, don't, don't jump do out at us or yeah, anything. No, yeah, no, bathrooms are a no-no just in general. No. But if you know us, come and talk to us. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, happy reading for 2016. And hopefully this will be the first of many podcasts. Yes, um, as, Particularly in relation to this challenge, but also in relation to books as a whole. Because I quite like you. Really? Yeah, you're right. You know, you're yeah. right. You've got good. You've got a good library, so <laughs> yeah, that's it. You've got. A, I've got a good library. She has access to several many brilliant libraries. Yes, it's friendship made in pure in reading mercantile <clears throat> anyhow thank you for listening chat to you again soon bye bye